Welcome to Rescribe. We are back a few weeks off, you know. This doesn't have a set schedule. I just go live whenever. Whenever I can, whenever I want. This is not like an actual thing I'm doing. But we are doing an actual favorite of mine from 2021. This was one of my favorites. I want to check check my letterbox real quick where did it rank my favorites 2021 fifth actually whoa that okay to be fair this list this list is all over the place i don't have like a sets that but yes, my favorite, one of my favorites of 2021, Tick Tick Boom. I would probably move it up to third. I liked it more than Free Guy. I've watched it a lot more than Free Guy. Can you see how many times I've watched it? Five. <laughs> Five times I've watched it. The first time I didn't really like it, I was like, eh, it's alright. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm seeing the intricacies, I'm actually getting it. I'm understanding beauty of it, the art. And uh, then I watched it a couple more times because I absolutely love it and I love the songs. Also, my Spotify was indeed Tick Tick Booms 3090 is my top song of 2022. Not even 2021, 2022, because this came out late 2021. But yeah. That's how I... How I enjoyed this film. But have you seen it? Do you guys enjoy it? Because, uh... If you have... We're gonna get into how this film was written. Uh, today is rescribed, and we are gonna see just how well... Tick, tick, boom. Was written. But yes, you can see. Starring Andrew Garfield. One of my favorites. My favorite actors. Pretty much near the favorite. Him and, um. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. My absolute favorite actors. Alexandria Shipp. Vanessa Hudgens, yes. This is based on the, oh shit, hold on. I didn't even realize the music was playing. <laughs> I didn't even realize my music was playing, sorry. We'll do that. So, again, back to this. So, this is a film based on the one-man show. Jonathan Larson did um, about a year or two before his death. So yes, this is about Jonathan Larson, the award-winning artist and playwright. He um he did the classic Rent, which we will be doing, be covering on um Rescribed. Spoilers, I don't. Uh, me personally, I didn't like the movie Rent that much. 
but yes, this one I absolutely love. Did rent? He did something else that's like critically acclaimed. And um, unfortunately, Jonathan Larson passed away right before rent went Broadway. So it was about to have its very first show on Broadway. Brain aneurysm. Real shame. It's absolutely sad. Horrific. Tragic. This is the story of him working towards that goal. I can really relate to this. Uh, screenplay by Steve Stephen Lanson. Tick tick boom. Stephen Levinson. Music and lyrics by Jonathan Larson. Yes, he wrote all of his uh, songs. They are some great songs. There are great songs in Rent as well. I'm really, I'm, I really feel like there's another one that I'm missing. I don't know. But I hope you guys are ready to jump into it. And uh, to prepare you guys, I will be singing it. <laughs> I'm going to try to sing it as best as I can. You know what? Actually, just for this one, we're going to get a little special. We're going to sing the actual songs along with the, along with the lyrics. So buckle in. It's time for Tick, Tick, Boom. As I said, screenplay by Steven Levinson. Took the lyrics by Jonathan Larson. Directed by Lin Manuel Miranda, I believe is his directorial debut for a film. Congrats to him, and is based on a musical by Jonathan Larson. Yes, technically a musical, a one-man show. Yes, and let us begin. Interior Theater Night, 1992, on video. Granny VSS. I already. Fucked it up. Look, two words into it. I, I fucked it up. I apologize. Grainy VHS footage of a darkened stage against bare brick wall. John, 32, emerges from the wings, striding confidently to a microphone stand at the lip of the stage, met by a smattering of applause. Hi, John. Hi, I'm John. Musical theater writer, one of the last of my species. Some laughter from the audience. John frowns. Lately, I've been hearing this sound. Everywhere I go, like a tick, tick, tick. I begin to hear it with him. The tick, tick, tick. Like a time bomb. Some cheesy blue movie. Or Saturday morning cartoon. The fuse has been lit. Ticking grows louder. Clock counts down the seconds. As the flame gets closer and closer and closer and closer until all at once. I'm not going to make the reference. Easy reference everything ever all at once. But yes. We're in Mudan's Diner now. At the day in 1990. More grainy footage. From a shaky handheld camcorder. John appears behind the counter. 
of the diner, carrying a tray with an elaborate breakfast spread, a flower in his mouth, trumpeting his arrival, making a complete idiot of himself, for the amusement of Susan. 30. Seated at the counter, laughing, deeply in love. Over the home video, we begin to hear her voice. This is Jonathan Larson's story. Pulls a flower from his mouth and kisses him. As we continue to hear her voice, a series of quick cuts to archival footage. A crowd wrapped around a block outside New York Theater Workshop in 1996, before the Tony Awards. Close on a flyer affixed to the door of the theater. All performances of Rent through March 31st extension are sold out before the Pulitzer Prize. Oof. Before cuts come faster. Another larger crowd wrapped around a block outside of that Lander Theater. 1996. Rent embezzled. Emblazoned. And the marquee. Oh, I'm sorry. Anna Pascal and Daphne Rubin-Vega on the cover of Newsweek. On the stage of Net Netherlander Theater, Anthony Rapp, costumed as Mark Cohen, addresses the audience. We dedicate this opening night and every performance to our friend, Jonathan Larson. Julian Al Larson stand and applaud, overcome by emotion at the Tony Awards. He lost him. Back to the diner where John pops open a bottle of champagne. Everything you are about to see is true. Except for the parts Jonathan made up. John grabs a microphone, crosses the grand piano. He sits at a piano bench. Small band, two vocalists. Carissa and Roger, both early 30s, are arrayed behind him. The date is January 26, 1990. Throughout the film, we move back and forth between John and 1992, performing the show and events he is narrating as they occur in 1990. John at the keyboard begins to find and play a chord. Progression. Time at first slowly beginning to take shape. Chords. Thirty ninety. The setting is the barren, unfashionable no man's land between Soho and Greenwich Village. John pikes down the sidewalk outside the Moo Dance Diner. John plays the same chord progression on a grand piano. Have two keyboards. Flash to a boxy computer. A surprisingly well-organized desk. A Macintosh computer. A cat. An impressive collection of compact discs, cassettes, records, and of other people's music. Bookshelves sagging under the weight of plays and novels I didn't even write. Superbia, that's the other one. I have a dis an original dystopian rock musical. That I've been, I have spent the last eight years of my life writing. Sits on his bed, keyboard on his lap, completely, unbearably stuck. And rewriting, and rewriting. 
back to John at the piano. I have rejected letters from every major and minor producer, theater company, record label, and film studio in existence. And in just a week, I will be 30 years old. As the chord progression begins to pick up speed, flash to a cover of West Side Story, Cash Recording LP, older than Steven Sondheim. When he had his first Broadway show, older than Paul McCartney when he wrote his last song with John Lennon. By the time my parents were 30, they already had two kids. They had careers with steady paychecks, a mortgage. In eight days, my youth will be over forever. But what exactly do I have to show for myself? He stops playing. There's a brief breath and a silence. Happy birthday. Stop the clock. Take time out. Time to regroup before you lose the bout. Freeze the frame. Back it up. Time to refocus before they wrap it up. Years are getting shorter. Lines on your face are getting longer. Feel like you're treading water, but the red tide's getting stronger. Don't panic. Don't jump ship, can't fight it like taxes, at least it happens only once in your life. They're singing happy birthday, you just want to lay down and cry. Not just another birthday, it's 3090, why can't you stay 29? Hell, you still feel like you're 22. Turn 30, 1990, bang, you're dead. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? As the band continues, underscore, lunch at the diner, bustling with patrons. John behind the counter, Michael 30, hurries through the door. I made 10 copies. He hands John a thick stack of photocopies as John hands him a cup of coffee and a bag of takeout in exchange. John glances through the stack, sheet musing and scripts for Zyperbia. You're an angel on earth. This is the last time, seriously. Michael reaches for his wallet. John shuts it down fast. No, thank you. No, 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 no. I got you. I'm going to pay. You're not going to pay. I don't want you to pay. Carolyn. 33 comes by carrying a tray full of dirty dishes, wriggling her nose at the smell. Someone needs to take out the trash. Freddy, 25, comes over to Michael, carrying his own tray of dirty dishes as John goes to handle the trash. Heard you're moving out of John's place. End of an era. We hear him sobbing in the fridge most mornings. It's very sad. You're coming next Friday, right? What's next Friday? Poor John kind of answer. The Superbia Workshop. Surprised he hasn't mentioned it. Sounds vaguely familiar. This is the biggest break I've ever had. This is that moment. The first time people are going to see the show that aren't just 
us. Well, it's good that you're not putting too much pressure on it or anything. Kind of let Michael laugh. No, but it's true, though. You get to a certain age and you stop being a writer that waits tables and you become a waiter with a hobby. Boo-boo. You need to ask yourself, in this moment, are you letting yourself be led by fear or by love? That comes back later. John considers the question. He hefts, <clears throat> he hefts the trash bag out of his bin the bottom rips, sending some kind of unidentified liquid all over his shoes. Oh, ooh, Roger launches into the next verse of the song. Clear the runway, make another pass. Try one more approach before you're out of gas. Friends are getting fatter. Hairs on your head are getting thinner. Feel like the cleanup batter on a team that ain't a winner. Don't freak out, don't strike out, can't fight it like City Hall. At least you're not alone, your friends are there too. They're singing happy birthday, you just wish you could run away. Who cares about a birthday? Third eighty ninety. Hey, can't you be optimistic? You're no longer the ingenue. No third eighty ninety nine. Boom, you passe. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? We'll get back to that. That was in John's apartment, matching John and Roger in a concert. John and Michael sing together as John hopes stack boxes with Michael. Yes, as you know, they're moving. He's moving out. John walks now. Next scene, John walks beside Susan with the dusty stack. Susan staring at him, disbelief. You just quit? I didn't quit, quit. I gave my notice. It's exactly, it's the same thing. No, I still have two weeks left. John spies a beautiful book of expensive music manuscript paper. He picks it up. I'm allowing myself to be led by love. What? Rosa has another client. Remember Craig Carnelia? This is Rosa, your agent who has a return to calls in here. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. He invited the entire theater industry to a workshop at Craig Musical last year. By intermission, some producer had already written him a check. $10,000. Wish she didn't have to think like that. It's expensive to make art. No, it's expensive to make art here. Worth every penny. Not, not to the book or the manuscript paper. How are you going to pay for that? Then gently takes the book out of his hand as John follows her down the aisle. The patrons around him join them and sing it. Peter Pan and Tinkerbell, which way to never, never land? Emerald City's gone to hell since the wizard blew off his command. Since you hear the voices, lost children, crocodiles, you're not into making choices. Wicked witches, poppy fields, or men behind the curtain. Tiger lilies, ruby slippers, clock is ticking, that's for certain. They're singing happy birthday, just wish it all were a dream. 
It feels much more like Doomsday. Fuck a 39 seems like I'm in for a twister. I don't see a rainbow, do you? Turn 30 in the nine days. To my hands now, the ball's passed. But not too fast The world is calling It's now a neverland Why can't I stay a child forever And 39 day 39 day 39 day 39 day 39 day 39 day What can I do? What can I do? Ah, I think I did that well. Did I do that well? I hope we could tell. Ugh. I really got into it. I really got into it. Sorry. There's a couple songs in here that I will sing. I'll, I'll only sing my favorite songs, you know. And obviously there's things that they're showing on screen that I can't, like, describe while the song's going on. Because that's way too much. So, yeah. And it's a very quick, quick cuts. Yes. You guys can read it as well. Read it along with me. But now, applause as the song ends. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for our band and my very, very, very dear friends, Roger and Carissa on vocals. Friday night. Streamers and, streamers and balloons fill the apartment as Michael stands by the answering machine, scrolling through messages, suitcase, at his feet after a beep. Hi, Jonathan. It's Deborah. Susan just dropped off her music for tonight's dance recital. Michael fast forwards through the message. Patience betraying some anxiety. Deborah's voice returns. Can't get the speakers to work. On answers, grocery bags in hand. Michael stops the message. How was Philly? I went from the airport to the conference room, then back to the airport three hours later. Sounds amazing. John speaks at the microphone in front of the stage. Michael was an amazing actor. The lead in every play in high school, college. Then we moved to New York. Michael frustrated, vents to John as they stand together, passing the joint. Sick of waiting, uh, waking up at 5 to get in line outside the equity building and wait all day, praying that the director actually agrees to even see anyone that's non-union. Then when I finally do get in the room, I sing six measures, if I'm lucky, before they cut me off and call me the wrong name, Juan Pedro Carlos Lacoste. Got back at the microphone. A week later, he got a job at a fancy advertising company. Making high five figures. Healthcare, dental, he never looked back. Back to the apartment, John pulls some top-shelf liquor from the bags, sets it on a table beside a vase of bodega flowers. You know, for someone who's broke, you could probably spend a little bit less on party planning. What's the point of having money if you can't spend it on the people you love? <laughs> yeah, except you don't have any money. Oh, right. Michael sees a Con Edison bill on the table. He picks it up. It's been sitting here for a week. I'm on it. Yes, you see Barry on it. Michael grabs a suitcase, takes them to his room to unpack. Pretty soon, you won't have me around to remind you to pay the bills on time. How will I ever survive? 
It's actually a very real question. You found a new roommate yet? I've been a little busy. My workshop is next week. What workshop? John's about to be offended when he realizes. That was funny. John reaches into his shirt pocket, pulls out a small spirals ring notebook. And a pencil, he scribbles on a blank page. Fear or love? Michael calls from the de Michael calls from the bedroom. What time's the show tonight? Curtains at eight. I've heard the dancing is amazing, but the music sucks. As we pre-laughed a propulsive dance score. John sits in the audience besides Michael, watching the show Athletic Piece for eight female dancers moving to the score that John wrote. John's eyes are riveted on Susan. Susan grew up in a small town in the Midwest, went to college to study biology. So she'd become a doctor, maybe teach? But then she fell in love with modern dance instead. Every parent's dream, right? She moved to New York without knowing a soul. Four years later, she's already danced with every major choreographer in the city. Paul, Trisha, Marseille. John stands with the microphone. 1990. This a year she was finally going to join a company not just go from job to job actually have a home an artistic family she was ready this was her year she knew it then she fractured her ankle during a dress rehearsal six months of rehab later she's dancing again it's just whatever that moment was and when she knew all of a sudden she doesn't know anymore Susan is a real artist. She doesn't care about seeing her name in New York Times. It doesn't matter if she's dancing in front of five people or 5,000. She's in the audience. John hears a sudden sound. Ticking. There's a score. Then there's the matter of us. Dancers hit a final pose. Stage lights fade out. John joins the rest of the audience in applauding. Clapping and cheers, drowning out the ticking altogether. A raucous cast party underway. Tiny living room jam-packed with friends. Wine and beer flow. Susan stands with Michael. You know he can't afford any of this, right? Well, you know how much he loves making a fuss. Especially about you. Susan smiles. Something nagging at her. John huddles with Freddie and Caroline. Caroline, sorry. After everything we've done for him, he walks away. I'm leaving you my mixtapes. You can play them in remembrance of me. Michael comes by carrying two glasses of wine, one of which he hands to Caroline. Jonathan Larson's famous Moondance Diner mixtapes. Doesn't love show tunes with their French toasts. Actually, it's not just so Chotuns. It's a very eclectic mix. Someone's very touchy about the mixtapes. Apparently. I'm happy for you. I really am. I mean, it's also, I'm also extremely bitter and jealous and envious and hateful towards you right now, but you're getting out. You're going to be next. I got a call back last week. That's great. Poor Cruz. What's wrong with the Cruz? 
Well, it's the Arctic crew, so pretty much everything. Every single thing is wrong. How are you feeling? Freddy takes a breath, chooses words carefully, doesn't want to be overly optimistic. It's been a really good week. He cell count is good. My doctor feels cautiously optimistic. You look great. Oh my god, thank you, I know. They all laugh. Party's gotten louder, more packed. Roger introduces John to Scott, 27, a banker. Scott and I used to sing roles together in high school. I hate to sing, I just did it for the pussy. Ran into Scott in Soho, he really wanted to come with me. I got the chance to go to an artist party, you know. Sucks, the drugs are always the best. Thoughts in finance. Shocking. What do you do? I'm the future of musical theater, Scott. Welcome. I'm going to grab another drink. John goes. Scott turns to, to Roger. Laughs. That guy's hilarious. The party has begun to thin out. Thin out. John, drunker, stands with a small group of pals scattered on a sagging sofas. Given an impromptu performance of Boho Days, a cappella, clapping along to the rhythm as he directs his audience attention to various sections of the apartment. This is the life of Bo 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 Bo. This is the life of Bo 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 Bo. Oh shit, I fucked it up. I fucked it up. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. This is the life of Bo 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 Bo. This is the life, boop, boop, boop. I was in the kitchen, there might be some soap. Dishes in the sink, brush the teeth, soap. Toilets in the closet, you better hope there's a light bulb in there. Not today, boop, boop, boop. Revolving door, revolving door roommates, prick up your ears. 14 people in just four years. Eddie, Max, and Jonathan, and Carolyn, and Carrie. David, Tim, and Tim. Gasser from germs of January. I remember Tim. Margaret, Lisa, David, Susie. Oh, God. See, I can't do this. He does it really fast. <laughs> Margaret, Lisa, David, Susie, Stephen, Joe, and Sam. And also, the Bill Collector. And also, Bill Collector's Dream, who's still on our lamb. Don't forget them. Don't forget the neighbors, Michelle and Gay. Michelle and Gay, middle aged artists. Take a little bow. More like a family than a family, hey. Time is flying and everything is dying. By now, I have a dog, a kid, and wife. The ship is sort of sinking, but let's start drinking. Before we start thinking, this is the life. This is the life of Bo 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 Bo. This is the life of Bo 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 Bo. The joins at harm. The room joins. This is the life of Bo 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 Bohemia. Bohemia. Oh, he me Cheers and whistles erupt. I was freaking amazing. Woo! Susan stands on the roof, lost in thought, staring at the water, wearing a coat. John comes out the fire. Also, I'll just say, I'm not sure if it's in the script. But there's a deleted scene 
of my f- one of my favorite songs from the album. I fucking love it. And this the scene is just beautifully shot, beautifully it's just it's, it's actually beautiful. That's the only word I can use really. I love it. Unfortunately, it's not in the film. And I get why you don't really need it. There's a lot of already music and he just sang, so like yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that again. Me like a minute later. No, 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 no. You got to give some time to breathe. So yes, here we go. Susan stands on the roof, lost in thoughts, staring at a water, wearing a coat. John comes out to find her. Hey, everyone's leaving. I just needed some fresh air. It's freezing up here. Here's your coat. Somewhere at the bottom of a very large pile. John looks out towards the flickering lights on the water. Pretty. Prison barge. Right. <laughs> you know, her Jacob's Pillow is hiring new teachers for the dance school. Oh yeah? Work a couple hours a week and then the rest of the time is yours. Free studio space whenever you want. Hey, can we talk about how amazing you were tonight? Thank you. Nope. Truly though. I was thinking of maybe applying to Jacob's pillow job. He went last summer. Remember we saw the new Mark Morris? The plagues in the Berkshires? And the moot to the Berkshires? Not have to work thirty hours a week doing word processes and pay the rent? Why not? Might actually be able to get back in shape. Okay. Great. Yeah. Alright, let's uh do it. Let's move. I'm being serious. Hey. I'm being serious. You live in a log cabin and gather acorns, hunt squirrels. What are you even talking about? It's the Berkshires. People have vacation houses there. You've been there. Can we go inside now? I'm just... I'm sorry, I'm scared. I'm beginning to lose sensation in my extremities. Susan laughs. Takes off her coat. Filling a green velvet dress she's wearing underneath. Such a baby. Take this. Susan hands. Ah, it's not in here. Okay. Okay, the scene's actually got... Alright, I was looking at it. Susan hands him a coat. He stops and notices his dress. Hold on. You like it? But you're in such a hurry to get back. That green, green dress. 20 buttons and a strap. That green, green dress. What a pleasure to unwrap. Green dress. Oh, what it can do. Green, green dress. Does the me on you. Me on you. Sorry, that's a bit of the song. Not in the actual film, sorry. John slams his clock radio in R&B rendition of Green Green Dress. A song from the... Uh... Boom. Play. He and Susan fall into bed together. Clothes beginning to come off. Ooh. Michael in a room next door hears them through the thin walls. Throws a pair of headphones. Tries to drown it out. John and Susan entwined in beds. John sliding the green, green dress off. The job in the Berkshires? It sounds amazing. Already applied for it. Oh yeah? I got it. Nice transition. It doesn't start until June. Oh, so it's just for the summer? Permanent. 
He stares at her. Agog. Agog, whoa. Cool word. John? Michael drives John and his BMW through traffic. Oh, the Berkshires. That's uh very far from Midtown. Why is she doing this now? And she wants me to come with her? What did you say? I said, Oh, what was I supposed to say? I didn't know what, what to say. I mean, I, I can't leave New York. Tell her to move in with you. Move in where? Need a new roommate, right? Two birds, one stone, you're welcome. Don't change the subject. What happened to you? What happened to that guy you were seeing, David? I thought you guys were great together. Michael shrugs, pretending indifference. It didn't work out. There's a focus group at the office this week. Looking for a few more people. How about I sign you up? So you can lure me to the dark side. So I can introduce you to my colleagues. Show them how brilliant you are. I don't want a job in advertisement. I want you to have a job in advertising. But jingle writing? John is about to object, but Michael barrels over him. You come with jingles all the time for fun, John. You make up songs about the cereal we're eating. You can get paid for that. And Superbia gets produced, I'll get paid for my music anyway. That's true. Home to the court, you have a luxury condo building. And here we are, home sweet home. Stairs. The fuck? Downstairs, on the window in a gleaming glass high rise. John speaks to the microphone. Oh my god. No, I didn't really like the song, so I think I am going to skip it. Just, um, him moving Michael in. They're finally getting over this. You know, I didn't really like this song. And it's probably the closest to Rent. It's the closest song to a, a Rent song. In this film. Like, oh, yeah, it's very Rent. I, I personally didn't, didn't really like it. Also, these shits don't rhyme. They don't rhyme. What is this? Yeah, Jonathan Larson. He's a little scoundrel, isn't he? I don't know why I said scoundrel. I was going to say scamp. But that sounded too stupid. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. Anyway, yes, we're just going to skip this. I'm sorry. I really like this song. You see, you see how that would have been too many songs right after each other. You would add boho, boho days, then a minute later, green green dress, then a minute later, no more. See, that'd have been way too much. You can't do that. Gotta give a break. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I could get used, I could get used, even seduced, I could get used to you. See, that's the only part of that song that I like. Personally, I don't really like that song. But hey, that part, that part I kind of like. 
John st- Alright, um, as the elevator door shut with a ding, John stands in the same position, jammed into a packed subway car. He watches the subway doors sliding shut are stopped by a would-be passer- passenger trying to squeeze onto the train. Then clear the closing doors, and not going anywhere. I swear to God, I'm talking to you in the back. I still don't have the song. John sits at a table across from Arrow Wiseman. Cups of coffee. The script was superbia between them. This never happened to me before. I usually write a song in a day. Last week, I wrote a song about sugar in three hours. Song about sugar? Song sings a bit of sugar. Acapella. Sugar, she's refined. For a small price, she blows my mind. Why would you do that? It was an exercise. And what? See if I could write a song about anything. Well, why don't you try to see if you can write a song for a musical that's being presented to an audience in six days instead? Back to John on stage. Ira Weitzman, head of musical theater and playwrights Horizon. The first and so far only actual theater person to offer to put up a workshop out of suburbia. Back to John and Ira at the diner. I'm starting to think maybe I don't need it. You do. You know, you're the only person who's ever said that, just so you know. Telling me, in the five years you've been writing this musical, and still prestige. Eight years, actually. He resumes where it stopped. Hiram Mitzens. No one else has told you that you're missing a song for Elizabeth in the second act? Nope. Okay, I'm lying. John, back to John with the mic in front of the stage. One person did say that. For years, I was part of a musical theater work, writing workshop. A dozen aspiring musical writers sit in rows, folding chairs, as John sits at the piano, sings a section of LCD readout. Oh, I'm not singing that, sorry. Once a week, we would gather surviving members of our dwindling tribe to watch one of us present what we organ in front of a panel of well real writers theater legends who created the broadway shows we grow up drag dragging our parents into the city to see i thought i was gonna say drudging that's what i was thinking right. see on the other side of the room we pan slowly over to water bloom 50s a successful Musical theater writer, stone-faced, watching John perform. The panel would change every week. Night I presented, people began to buzz as soon as I walked through the door. Is it really him? It was. Panda past Bloom, we land out Stephen Sondheim. 58, ooh. Stephen Sondheim. Four folding chairs now arranged to the front of the room. John sits on display, listening to Bloom critique his work. Okay, I'll start. I'm lost. I don't know what the show is. Social commentary is a science fiction. The music is the same thing. The rock is it Broadway. Is it both? Neither. See, what do you think? As I say, I. Disagree pretty much strongly, Walter. 
I think this is a musical that knows exactly what it is. Yes, of course. Yes, absolutely. The world you've created is really original. It's fascinating. The problem is that it's not terribly easy to follow the emotional thread. The details distract us from connecting with the characters. Does that make sense? Walter nods. As though is what he said too. Yes! We're on the same page here. Exactly how I felt. Saying the same thing, just differently. But the music. I'm sorry, the music just wasn't there. I actually thought the songs were swell. As did I. The individual songs. I particularly like the one where the young man sings at the end of the first act. First rate lyric and tune. Firing composers in the room share stupefied glances. First rate lyric and tune. John beams at the audience. Those five words were enough to keep me going for the next two years. Missing a song. In the class, the other writers finish clearing out as John packs up his thing. Sondheim approaches. Pretty young woman. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. The turning point of the show, your protagonist is either going in his direction or that direction. Someone needs to wake him up. Shake some sense to him. You know, it's... It's funny. We widen to find Walter seated, listening in on the conversation. I was going to say the exact same thing. Talk about musicians. Back to the diner as Ira frowns. Not sure what he means. He as if it's only four. Figure out how to divide the base. John. This is a reading. We'll have a piano. I wrote a rock score. Very least, at the very least, I need drums, a synth, guitar. Great song should sound great without any instruments. You're right. Let's do it a cappella. Or you know what? Let's just skip the songs. Get the audience in and now half hour. Or size. Things always escalate the same way with John. I'll look at the budget and try to dig up money for another musician. Two more. And piano. Absolute bare minimum for this. I've spoken to Rosa. John takes in the question. John pays it on the phone. Hey, Rosa. Is Jonathan Larson your client? I left multiple messages. Secretary. Back to the diner. Rosa Stevens is still your agent, right? Oh, yeah, no. We talk constantly. Has she sent out invites for the presentation yet? We haven't gotten a lot of RSVPs. It's fine. Nobody has more contacts in the industry than Rosa. I'm sure she'll get good people there for you. I'll see you Monday. First day of rehearsal. Finish the song already, please. In the apartment. John stares at his computer scene. At his computer screen. Sorry. On it, a completely blank word document titled, New Song. John stands in the kitchen. On the telephone. I'm calling to leave a message for Mr. Sondheim. This is Jonathan Larson. John sits in front of the television. I just see Holmes on an evening news. Takes out his pad from his shirt pocket. Writes, the boss is wrong as rain. Another phone call in the kitchen. Hi there. Message for Joe Pap. 
Frederick Gerson, which is the director of Schubert Organization. La Mama. Larson? L-A-R-S-O-N. No, not person. Something like that's never been done before. Going to be quite the event. That's tremendous commercial possibility. We're filling up fast, so I just wanted to make sure you got your spot. I know his time is limited. It'll be such a treat. Zero pressure. Can I count you in? It'll be a certain reserve for him. Superbia at Playwrights Horizon, 10 a.m. Friday, 10 a.m. Look excited about Friday. I wouldn't want you to miss it. That's all the information I can give you. It's on the living room, staring at the still, very blank document on the screen. Now watches a VHS copy of Sunday in the Park with George, with Mandy Patkin, and Bernadette Peters, taped from PBS. Michael's next one. Susan lying on her shoulder watching. I should put every song on musical on PBS. Sunday's a pretty good start. I don't understand why he can't just tell her he loves her. Why can't he be the artist and you? Why can't he be the, an artist and love her? He does love her. But yeah, but he can't express it. That, that's his problem. Men. Put in that corset though. Downstairs at the screen is astonished by the stagecraft. They do that. John goes through the mail. Bills and more bills, a few marked post due. Victoria's Secret Catalog. Did you crack it yet? Getting very close. Call me if you need inspiration. No, don't go. Hang out. You can sleep in your own room. Write the song, boo boo. John at the keyboard. Susie comes to kiss him goodnight. Get on my answer by Wednesday. On a job, so. If we can maybe talk about it before then. Can we talk about it tomorrow? I just really need to finish the song, okay? Sure. Are you sure you're sure? I'm sure. You don't seem sure. Good night, Jonathan. <laughs> John stares at the computer screen. The new song document he's written. Your... That's it. He changed it to your. Why O U R. He looks at it. Changes it back to Y O U Y O U apostrophe R E. He looks at it. Instrumental introduction of Johnny Can't Decide. And John says at the piano, he begins to sing. Break of day, the dawn is here. Johnny's up and pacing. Compromise, a persevere. His mind is racing. Johnny has no guide. Johnny wants to hide. Can he make his mark if he gives up his... Bye. Johnny can't decide. Susan dances against the graffiti tag wall as John watches beaming. 
Susie longs to live by the sea as shoe with competition. Susan wants a life with me. Johnny's got a tough decision. Johnny has no guy. Carissa joins. Johnny wants to hide. Can he settle down and still not drown? Drown. Johnny can't decide. Michael sits alone as his dash phone to his ear. Gonna have it all. His luck will never end. Johnny's back against the wall. Can he bend his dreams just like his friend? John sits at the kitchen table looking enviously. Listings. Is that Susan's right? Ambition needs right through you. Roger joins back up. See what Johnny holds so tight to the things that Johnny feels are true. Johnny has no guy, has no guy. Johnny wants to hide. How he soar when you're now to the floor. Johnny can't sigh. Johnny has no guy, Johnny has no guy, Johnny wants to hide, how do you know when it's time to let go, Johnny can't decide, decide. Johnny's eyes lands on some act up posters, we pasted on plywood construction barrier. Silence equals death. Takes out the spiral notebook and writes, Why does it take disaster for anything to change? Right, decide, decide. Johnny. Oh shit. He can't decide. Unlocks the bike. To a street sign outside Moondance Diner, he looks up, sees his own reflection in the glass door of the restaurant. Music cuts out. John sings alone. Acapella. Johnny can't decide. Freddie's in a emergency room. A handful of early bird customers eat breakfast. Behind the counter, Carolyn talks quietly to John. Stress, anxious. He woke up Saturday with a fever. Couldn't stop shivering. He told me last week that his T cell count. Doctor said he was exactly where he wanted to be. Guess it changed. Sit there taking us in. Understanding what it means. Shit. Long beat. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, you know how stubborn he is. He's a pain in the ass. Alright. Frankly, we should be pissed at him for leaving us understaffed on a Sunday brunch. Right? We'll try to smile at this. John said that's piano speaking his inner monologue. Pretty. Shit. Should go to the hospital. What am I gonna go to the hospital? I need to write. I need to talk to Susan. I need to see Freddy. I need to call Susan. Stands at the counter, thoughts tumbling through his mind. 
Why can't I write the song? How can I possibly think? How can you possibly think about your show when your friend is in a hospital? What am I doing here? I need to leave. I need to turn around, walk out, go through the door. Just as the bell on the door rings, a customer enters. Now hits a high-pitched piano key. But it's 9.30 on a Sunday morning. Moo Dance Diner. I'm not going anywhere. See, and this is another song I didn't really like that much. I mean, I get the reference and I, I, I love, like, all the cameos. But, yeah. It's alright. So, uh, let's just skip this scene. This, uh, oh, the stress of a Sunday brunch. So people don't want to cook. They don't want to make anything themselves. They just want to go out to a diner. Uh, Sunday afternoon. Get some. Hey, fuck it. Let's get some. I won't lie. I, I've done this a few times. But yeah. But this is New York, and it is fucking packed. Fuck. Sunday. I'm just gonna skip this song, sorry. John walks from the piano to the microphone at the lip of the stage. He does drums coming underneath, a hip-hop beat. Monday morning, my first day of rehearsals for the Superbia Workshop, which is still, in case you've forgotten, missing a crucial Act 2 musical number. Make my way there through the Land of the Dead, a theater district. And I walk through the pre-Giuliani, pre-Lion King Times Square, past shuttered Broadway houses and seedy sex shops. John passes a beatboxing busker. Baseball cap on the ground. John drops the chains to the hat. John continues his way. The busker launches in play game. Let's skip this song as well. You don't really need it. It's just a lighten it. It's just a lighten it, you know? Finally, the busker reaches the front of the line, nods to the casting director. On the door, sign Cats National Tour. I'll be reading for the role of Old Deuteronomy. Guys, I don't know if I told you this. You probably know. You know me. My most hated movie is Cats. I fucking despise that movie, and I despise the play slightly less. There's only few others that I hate as much as that. Not even as much. Nearly as much. Those are Men. From Alex Garland. Which is shocking. That's probably why I hate it so much more than I should. Because I love Alex Garland. He's one of my favorite writers. and Great director. And he's great. Films, a bunch of which I love. One of them is sitting right here, which we will get to in a few weeks. 
maybe a month or two. Mm, who knows? Um, <clears throat> yes. So that. Um, Fifty Shades. Any of those movies, I fucking despise them. No, I actually hated Dakota Johnson. <laughs> I hated Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan just because of those movies. I was like, I right, fuck you. I hate you and these movies. I don't want to see anything to do with you. Then I watched other things with them. Like, yeah, they're good. Like Belfast, which was planned for St. Patrick's Day. But, uh, Banshees of Inishirin. Great one. I love that. We have to do that. Maybe we'll do Belfast in that time. You know, that's it also also an Oscar winner. Um Jamie Dornan. Uh Dakota Johnson. Cha-cha real smooth. Phenomenal in that. Great. I hope she does well. Anyway, those are the things I hate. Hello. Hello negative. Let's let's not get negative. In a small rehearsal room, John stands in a circle with a large cast of superbia, including Roger, Carissa, Kristen, and Jared. Jared. As Ara Whiteman says a brief word, on behalf of Playwrights Horizon, I just want to welcome everyone and thank you all for taking part in this very exciting new musical by a very exciting young writer, Jonathan Larson. He's not even 30. The class, The cast claps, amazed by this. Ira looks to John to say something. John steps forward, confident, at ease. Thank you, Ira. The first real workshop that has that this musical has ever had. So now, you guys are part of the family. Does anyone have any questions before we get going? B. One actress, Lauren Twenties, finally raises his hand. Timidly. Can you, um... Can you explain it, maybe? Explain what? Yes. The musical. The story. It's a little... bit confusing in certain places. Just not as Justin Lauren clarifies. Not in a bad way. John stands at the microphone. Superbia. A satire set in the future on a poisoned planet... Earth. A vast majority of humanity spends their lives staring screens the media transmitters. Watching the tiny elite of the rich and powerful who film their own fabulous lives like TV shows. A world where human emotion has been outlawed. This will be the first musical for the MTV generation. This will be is it supposed to be about aliens? I didn't know if it was supposed to be aliens. No. Not aliens. But it's set in the future. Set in the future. Oh, hold on, hold on. Um, this is a song that's not on the album. It was added very late. I don't know if I can find it. Where the fuck is it in my playlist? Oh, here it is. Christian Rogers, stand around the piano. John, at the piano, plays sex. Sex did. 
use Christian to begin this thing. For the day is black, red, black. The drug, of course, will be the kilowatts. The trend today is to say the adjective fun a lot. Perfect, keep going. Receive two nominations, face of the year, and best hair. Prepare a speech for your photo opportunity. Your agent 10% will be there. The song continues. The underscore John Huddleston, I read at the end of the day. You told me you need a drummer. No, I told you I needed the band. It's $100 for every extra, extra musician. And operating budget is half a million dollars. So far, we're up to 12. All right, so bees, John. We don't need a band with an audience of 12 people. You outnumber them. What more musicians? I have to find the money for it somewhere else. I'm sorry. Thanks for everything. John and Caroline sit on a surgical mask. Sorry. It's a surgical mask besides Freddy. Sleep in his hospital bed. Hooked up to a battery of machines. John writes in his notepad. Why aren't we fighting? I went to three friends' funerals last year. The oldest one was 27. Pam, Gordon, Allie. Freddie's not even... Turned 25 two weeks ago. And nobody is doing enough. There's not enough time. Maybe I'm just wasting my time. I'm wiped out, comes home to find Susan in bed, crawls next to her, she pulls him close. What about Susan's time? What am I going to talk to Susan? What am I going to say? I don't know what to say. Well, Susan waits, and time keeps ticking. Tick, tick, tick. I have three days left until the workshop. Three days to write this song. And if the song doesn't work, then the show doesn't work. It's all been a waste of time. Who gives a shit about the song? John stands in Michael's bedroom, empty, appearing, even smaller without furniture. The apartment feels lonelier than ever. I miss Michael. I want to talk to Michael. I don't have the time to talk to Michael. John sitting next. John sitting behind the rehearsal's pianist, watches the cast perform sexy. Make sure you're not speeding up. The door opens. John turns to see Susan enter. Turns back. Pianist. Nick Constance here. Susan approaches him whispering. Sounds great. Why'd you tell me you were coming? I thought it might be a nice surprise. Oh yeah, it is. It's Tuesday. I had to give them my my decision on a job by tomorrow. You have a break coming up so we can talk? Uh the actors have a break. I don't have any breaks. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Can you just ask for an extension? Right. I just... Can we talk about this tonight? The whole section to the work list. I had the whole song. I turns back to finish the conversation, but Susan's already gone. Oh, we're back to the song. I did not know we were back to the song. Oh, whoa, 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 come on, man, get it, get it, get the pearl, man.
Get with the promo. Come on, let's go. A nomination, nomination, nomination for a face award. Let's go again. Does this mean I'll be on the air? You already were. Last night, what a sight you were. I was yeah, playing with my laser. You thought it was a razor. I positive pass because such a scene. We can get on the air. My music box on the air. Where? Who? What does this mean? Everyone, whoever has, whoever will be, anyone will be there. Sophisticated, effervescent, charismatic, doesn't the event of the century, the quintessential social adventure. We could not afford to miss to miss your debut. The 31st annual Face Award presentations are more lives in the satellite and color. The marvelous glamour and everyone will be there. Sky Piano Park continues underscore as John sits at the counter. Anyone will be there. John stands at the counter as buyer Molly, 50s, goes through the milk crate of old books, records, that John has dumped there. I'm giving 50 for everything. I want to sell it five times that. 50 is the best I can do. Cash? Great. She hands him the money. He stands there staring at things, conflicted. And grabs the Godspell LP and goes. No. He's keeping the Godspell. Oh, I'm barely listening. Talks on the phone to Michael as he scribbles. Erases. Rewrites his script. Michael sits in his half-furnished apartment. Surrounded by moving boxes. I'd love to take you to lunch. Celebrate your birthday. I can't this week. You really use your advice on some things. Can I call you back later? I'm right in the middle of something here. Oh, that focus group I mentioned. I'm still looking for one more person to sign up. It's Thursday at 11. I know money's tight for you right now. John begins to pay attention. No, never mind. How much does it pay? Only 75 bucks, but I'll be there. John dives into the pool. A shock of cold water. Almost enough to stop his racing thoughts. Don, expression unreadable, catches the cast, performs sex at full out with the synth player, now added to the pianist and, dr and drummer. I listens and all, blown away by how much better it sounds with the synth. You're right. I know. As they hit the final note, they looked to John for his reaction. He stands there for a moment, feeling the pressure. Saying nothing. On a break, on a break, John sits with his head in his hands. Stressed as he's ever been. Carissa passes. Can I hear it yet? The new song. Any day now. Tell me, Larson. As she goes, John's smile withers. John sits at the keyboard. Out various notes, searching for the right melody. Phone rings. He ignores it. Picks out a sequence. Notes on his keyboard: G, B flat, A flat, G. Machine picks up with John's outgoing message. Speak. Hey, it's me. Just pick up the phone. I know you're screening your calls. 
Every light, every light is on in your apartment right now. John stands, peers out the window, sees Susan at the payphone across the street, looking at Batman. I can see you. She says, I can see you. Yeah, he ducks it. Sorry. John lets Susan into the apartment. Should have called first. Just did. Great to see you, too. I didn't mean it like that. Susan takes out the apartment. Takes in the apartment for the first time. Dirty dishes. Take out boxes. Old drafts of scripts. Overflowing litter box. Jesus, Jonathan. Says nothing. I need you to talk to me. I'm writing, Susan. You're going to write the, the great American musical in the next 10 minutes? Thank you for being so supportive of my work. Oh, because you're such a champion of mine. What's that supposed to mean? What do you think it means? Guys, it is time. Here is your featured theme. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Carissa and John a pull up to the stools to lip at the stage. Scenes from a modern romance as told in song. Fashion symbol of music for therapy creeps in. Zippy playful tone of a stark contrast to John I'm Susan's sorry, argument. I, I we intercut throughout between the theater and apartment. Too jagged juxtaposition. That's how you feel, right? <clears throat> I feel bad that you feel bad about me feeling bad about what about what I said about what you said. About me not being able to share a feeling. Can we talk Back to the apartment. Later, when, Jonathan? When is later? Later. Not tonight. Back to the theater. I thought, thought that what you thought was that I hadn't thought about sharing my thoughts. Then my reaction to your reaction, my reaction would have been more revealing. Back to the apartment. I was afraid that you'd be afraid then if I told you that I was afraid of intimacy. The problem with my problem, maybe the problem is simply codependency. I was wrong to say what I was wrong to say. I was wrong about what I wrong to say. I was 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 wrong this is not even his best scene in the room. It's a great scene though. He got mad and he got mad and he got mad and I should go drop dead. He's talking. I'm just talking over it just so like, you know, doesn't pick me up, you know? That's why I'm singing and fucking talking over this, so. 
YouTube doesn't pick me up, changes. you know, like, no, don't fuck get me, YouTube. You don't go straight to Broadway. Mm, Broadway, you're still, still a waiter. waiter. You're still living oh. in this apartment? You're still broke? What then, Jonathan? What about me? Ah, oh, get it back to it. I feel bad that you feel bad about me feeling bad about you feeling bad about what I think, about what you think. You know, me not being in evolution, right feeling. This is incredible juxtaposition. This is where I was like, all right, this this film is actually really fucking good. What do you? What is this? This justifies it being a film. You get two different performances. Fucking incredible. You can tell it in the song, but then it just like you really feel it when you see it. Yeah, it. Shallowly when I reacted to you. Like he's insane and fragile and talking very fast and all this. This is very slow, paced, calm. Teetering on the edge of breaking. John throws his arm around her. He holds her for a moment. All the anger, resentment, and hurt have simply vanished, and then Susan realizes with horror. Oh my god. No. He's still thinking about the songs, though. He doesn't even fucking care. Now it's all far He goes to the drawer. John, following lamely behind her. Susan, wait. We I hope that you have, you have an, an amazing, amazing workshop. workshop. It's great. Susan, hold on. We love this. Now it's 4 a.m. We have therapy. No, it's late to screw. Sorry, this is from Netflix, you know? Netflix, you posted on YouTube, though. You fucking take me down. You posted on YouTube. It's fair. All right. There was your scene that I showed in comparison for this. You know, that would have been fucking insane to show you all that. Especially for me actually to sing it and then go right into that. What's after this? Therapy. Oh, ooh. Banger song after this. I love Oh my God. You got great songs. Oh, the rest of them. The rest of the songs are so good. And this makes it fly by the songs, man. Alright, back to this. The song buttons and the audience applause wildly. A good time had by all. <clears throat> no, not really. A table in a sleek corporate conference room. Already assembled there. Dress in impeccable business attire. Wearing name tags are Peggy. 20s. Todd, 40s. Kim, 50s. The front... The room, Judy, 30, stand there beside a large easel pad. Checks the time. I just wait for one more person. Looking worse for wear after the night without sleep and dressed in Hanksley assembled outfit, a jeans, and a t-shirt. John appears at the door. At the door. Hi, I'm Jonathan. Yes, Mr. Larson, you're Michael's friend? How are you? You're late. Okay, sorry about that. She holds the door open. Dressing for him to take a seat. 
John nods to the others and sits. Kim smiles at him. Welcome. Judy stands in front of the table. Besides a large easel pad, John leans over to Peggy, whispering. Did she say anything about when we get paid? Ignores him. Doesn't want to be associated with the late guy. Understandable. So now that we're all here, why don't we begin with a quick brainstorming session? Let's get those creative juices flowing. Two hours of this. John stands at the front of the stage with the mic. And one extra musician. Why don't we start by throwing out some ideas that come to mind when I say the word America. Shooting. Racism. Oppression. Hate. Dipshits. Sorry, those are not in the script. I just, those were the first things that came to mind when I thought of America. Back to the actual script. George Washington. Okay, yeah. Excellent. Damn good thing I'm not in that room. <laughs> John, uh, Judy writes the ideas on a pad as they are called out. Abraham Lincoln. Empire, racism, genocide, Vietnam. Grover Cleveland. Pretty much the same, except, you know... That was the 90s. This. Slightly different. Still got a lot of racism. Genocide. Unfortunately might happen again, you know, the weird motherfuckers. Vietnam. Ukraine, kind of. Ukraine and Russia. Well, we're not actually in there, so. Blah, blah, blah. Empire, yeah, the elite and all that. Not the elite. The the elite, no. Like the rich motherfuckers. Out loud, Grover Cleveland. A slight pause. Judy nods. Write this on a pad. Constitution? Yes. Magna Carta. Another slight pause. Judy nods. Writes down a suggestion. John suddenly realizes that he, hey, he's losing. Bill of Rights. The right thing to do. The right stuff. An open road at sunset. When do you hear nothing in your way but the horizon? She turns to look at him. Beat. Unclear what she's thinking. And finally. That is beautiful, Mr. Larson. John can't help but swell at the compliment. A series of quick shots of people at the table. One by one, they get rapid-fired answers. The sun. Sunrise. Dawn of a new day. That's incredible. A window looking out on the field. Aww. Think of cute little bunnies and cute little squirrelies. The beating heart of the nation. Mmm. Absolutely. How the fuck do you envision that? <laughs> Squirrely just bullshit. John watches Judy pick up her clipboard circles his name. Used to this. I'm gonna take a little water break. Stay hydrated, guys. John begins to daydream at the microphone. I can get paid for this. I can get healthcare, a 401k, a BMW, a luxury apartment on Central Park West. No, 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 East. I could actually be rewarded for my creativity instead of rejected and ignored. 
now smiles at himself as Judy tears off current sheet the easel pad a new blank sheet underneath this could be the rest of my not rest of my life now that we have all those fabulous ideas of yours in our heads we're going to turn to our real task we're here to develop the name our revolutionary consumer product just about to hit your shelves oh wow this is where we're going to need that incredible imagination of yours mr larson the product we are looking at is a tasteless odorless chemical compound that we use as a fat substitute in cooking it's been tested successfully on a number of mammals john begins to get queasy feeling about this Ugh. now there are some side effects associated with the product I've been instructed to tell you about. I realized it was shut. This could be the rest of my life. Finally, a small number of users there are reports of toxic shock syndrome, resulting in brief hospitalization. She plasters the wide smile back on. There are no bad ideas. John suddenly noticed the large wall clock above her for the first time. Tick, tick, tick. His breathing gets shallower. Free oil. Love it. Oil free. It's the same thing he just. Where's the words around now? Perfectly fine, Kim. Thank you. Downstairs at the clock, the idea is coming furiously from everyone else. He seems to be able to feel the brain cells dying. American dream. Dreams of freedom. Neutral oil. It's not bad, Todd. Finally, John interjects loudly, enthusiastically. I got it. I got it. I have it. I know exactly what it should be. When looking at him expectantly, he emphasizes each syllable. Substitute. Substitute? It was a joke. It's not funny. Maybe not to you. I recommended you, John. I put my name on the line for you. Tell him I had a stroke. It isn't funny. John goes silent, surprised at his response. As Michael stops there on the sidewalk, turns to him. This is my life. It's not your life. It's advertisers figuring out how to trick people into buying shit they don't want. Actually, it's a lot more complicated than that. I don't understand how you could take any of this seriously. Because they pay me to. Money isn't everything. Well, it doesn't hurt. You sure about that? What are you doing with your life that's so noble? Making art. Oh, that's what the world needs. More art. Actually, yes. At least I'm not helping perpetuate a system that is destroying. Oh, spare me the self-righteous, John. You're writing musicals in your living room, not saving the rainforest. Wow. I wish I could be more like you and spend my life caring about driving the right car, wearing the right suits, living in a dormant building. Why shouldn't I care about those things? Not everyone has the options you do, John. All the things you take for granted. Like what? Like a life with the person you love? You know what I would give to have that? And you turn your nose up at it. That's what you want. What's stopping you? Stopping me? How about Jesse Helms and the moral majority? How about the people that run this country? I can't get married. Can't have kids. Half of our friends are dying, the other half are scared to death they're next. So yes, 
I'm sorry for buying a nice car, John. I'm sorry for living in an apartment with essential heating. I'm sorry for enjoying my life while I still have time. I have to go. He's on off in the opposite direction. You're not taking the subway? I'd rather walk. Michael? I go! I don't know why I say like that. The way Andrew Garfield says Michael in this scene, too, it's. I don't know why. It's very adorable. Michael? I don't know how he said it. But he said it in such an adorable way. I can't, I can't replicate it. And I think a little bit of his accent slipped out there. Mm. A couple times throughout the film, it slips out slightly. But I feel like he made it work for the character. Like, Jonathan Lars is a showman. He's a showmanist. The puts on a show for everyone. Even when it's just one person. John arrives home. Oh, no. Michael keeps going as John watches him disappear down the sidewalk. There it is again. Thick. Thick. John arrives home at the apartment to find the phone ringing. He picks it up. Hello? Rosa Stevens, 50s. Old school. Salty sits at a cluttered desk smoking a cigarette. She talks on the phone to him. Johnny, darling, it's Rosa. To cut the route between John and Rosa. Rosa Stevens? Are you excited? Are we excited for tomorrow? Tomorrow? The presentation? You remember the presentation? Remembered it. Got every producer in town coming. So it better be good. Wonderful. More pressure. It's, yes, it's... It's going to be great. Let's see if we can get a bidding war started on that musical of yours. What do you say? That's... That would be... Yes. Okay, doll, let's get Hal Prince on the phone. Rosa? She's gone. John hangs up the phone, takes a deep breath. Feeling a new determination. Here's the shots of John, prepares to get work. Takes a garbage bag, goes to the apartment, picking up the debris. Empties, a fin empties Finister's litter box. Shirt pulled over his nose to block the smell. Oh, hold on. So sorry. John vacuums, pours fresh grounds into the coffee machine. John stands in the bathroom, considering the Victoria's Secret catalog. With Finister poses head in the door, John guiltily sets the down the catalog against the exit. Okay, I'm going. going. John presses the switch. His Macintosh computer hums to the. John flicks his keyboard. He pours himself a cup of steaming hot coffee in the freshly cleaned living room. John sits at the keyboard, takes a breath, focusing. Hands hover over the keys, ready to get to work when all of us all at once the lights cut out. Then in the dark, on the phone, John, the state pleads. Man's voice comes through the receiver. Why wouldn't you call to tell me my payment was late before you cut off my power? How does that make sense, sir? As I explained before, you received a notice on the mouth. You don't understand. I have a workshop, a public presentation of my musical in 12 hours, sir. I can pay you over the phone right now. I have my credit card right here. The billing office is closed for the night. What am I supposed to do? Sir, like I said, call. he hangs up. A beat, he dials another number. Phone rings twice before Susan's roommate, Beth, answers. He hears her voice through the receiver. Hello? Hey, Beth, how are you? It's John. Hi, John. 
Who's in there? She doesn't want to talk to you, John. Can't get blame her. Can you give her a message for me? What is it? I want to remind her that tomorrow's my workshop and I know I don't have any right to access, but I just really love her to be there. I tell her you called. As the driving drum and jittery bass intro of swimming begins, John sits at the piano on the microphone. Here I am, the musical to which I've given my youth. It's about to be put on the public display for every producer in New York. I haven't written a single note or single lyric of the most important song in the show. I have no electricity. My best friend is furious at me. My girlfriend isn't speaking to me. There's only one thing I can think of to do. Swim. John listens to our Walkman. In the dark in the dank filthy locker room, surrounded by half a dozen other men in various states of undress, lost entirely in his own in his own thoughts. I just lock a room. Why won't Susan answer my calls? Sweat, wet, echo, smell, hell, rap. Pump up the volume. Hot, wet, hot sweat. How's the water? Stretch, stretch, spit in the mask. That's the water. Contemplate the dive, the shock to the skin. Anticipate the pain, the pain, the pain, the pain, the pain. Now, one, two, three, oh, bite the air. Seven, there's that girl. One, two, three, oh, bite the air. Smooth, soft skin. Two, three, oh, bite the 13 long legs. Brown skin, wet hair. Whoa, oh, wet hair. Has Rosa even listened to my tape? Kick, stretch. Wimar, see the hand, point the feet. Wet hair, relax. This guy's too slow. 15, can I make it to 40? Too slow. Does his heel. She looks like Susan. Susan's beautiful. Knee out, out, let it out. Make the shoulders down. Down easy, not too hard. On the music origin. Don't even know what the fuck. No, lower. Yes, lower. Thirty-nine, forty. Center, center. Sorry, I got confused a little bit there. As he hits the forty laps, he stops. Trained, empty. Let's go. Allow his body to sink. As he reaches the bottom. He begins to notice the lines on the tile start to shift. Flooring. Unraveling, slowly rearranging themselves into the musical staff. Notes begin to spill across the staff. His song. Ah, ah, forward motion through the water. Escape. I am so. John comes to the surface, pulls himself out of the water, walks quickly to the locker room. The music continues. John sits in the dark, a flashlight on his desk, you know, only illumination, scribbling on a music manuscript paper. The rehearsal room been set up for a reading. Folding chairs, music stands. John stands in an empty room, anxiously waiting. Sheet music for his band. For his brand new song in hand. 
Bow. Oh my god, just went through it. Also, during it, uh, I skipped this. The one besides the pool seemed to transform the Susan then back into the woman. Then back to Susan and so on. A trick of light. His, his vision was blurred. Ah, it's fucking fantastic. Great scene. I love this song too. The show is about to begin. The room is completely empty. The show is about to begin. And I am looking at empty, f 60 empty folding chairs. Versa walks in. Hey, boy genius. I'm turning 30 on Sunday, you know. Oh, well, happy birthday. You. 30 is still young. No one's here. Not even nine. The presentation doesn't start until 10. John laughs, realizing relief. Insight read. He hands her the music sheet. Slowly, miraculously, people start to show up. Got another song coming up, guys. John hugs his mother. Nan, as Father Al holds her coat. A dozen or so audience members have already taken the seats. It's just phenomenal. Look at this space. It's phenomenal. It's a rehearsal studio, Dad. It's a Broadway rehearsal studio. It's a real thing. Very excited for you, dear. Are they paying you? No. Next time. I'll spot to see that second row. Handmade reverse sign on it. He goes to sit on it. That's for someone else, actually. You like that? No, gestures. An empty room. I'm literally sitting in the other seat. Half chatter. Seats are now taken. The room is alive with chatter and anticipation. As Michael approaches John, some trepidation between them after the way he last left things. Their turn out? Yeah, mostly friends. What a nightmare. Thank you for coming. Wild horses, John. You know that. Michael takes a seat. John glances at the reserved seat. It's still empty. He checks his watch. The room is now nearly full. Rosa Stevens enters. He looks around. John watches her approach a random man. Jonathan, how are you? This man turns around confused. John races to save him. Rosa? John Larson. There he is. Just the man I'm looking for. Are you nervous? Don't be nervous. I'm a little nervous. Of course you're nervous. The first presentation of the musical is like of a colonoscopy in the middle of Times Square. Only with the colonoscopy, the worst thing that could happen is you find out you have cancer. With music, you find out you're already dead. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the room is now packed. John stands on the side of the room, glancing anxiously at the door. It's still empty seat with the reserve sign. Ira approaches him. Can't keep waiting. It's quarter past. John finally nods. Ira... A hand on the shoulder. Break a leg. Ever takes a reserved sign off the seat and sits. John finally accepts that Susan isn't coming. Looks around the packed room. Stealing himself. Say something. Hi. Thank you. Welcome. I'm Jonathan Larson. I believe the applause and the rest of the room slowly joins. That's, you really don't have to do that. Very kind, thank you. Okay. Thank you all so much for being here this morning. The door opens and John turns expecting to see Susan there. Instead, 
and walks Stephen Sondheim. Back row. Now takes a moment to recover from the shock. All right, uh, like I was saying, thank you. This is my musical, Superbia. I've been working on it for a little while now. I really hope you like it. Applause as John finds a seat in the front row. John sits at the piano. Next hour and a half are a blur. Who's in our John? Watching the show as all we see is his face stoic, unreadable, then Caressa. Steps forward to sing the song. Not even 12 hours old. John sits at the piano as Carissa approaches. The microphone has a slip. The stage, I close my eyes, brace myself. Don't dare take a breath. Behind, we see the figure of Carissa set her music stand. At the microphone downstage, mirroring her movements from the concert in 1992. I open my eyes. I don't see Carissa there. John opens his eyes. First to find, Susan stands on the roof. John sits on the folding chair, watching as she sings, Come to Your Senses. I'm on the ground. Signals fading can't be found. I finally open up. For you, I'd do anything. When you turned off the volume, just when I'd begun to sing. Come to your senses, the fences are not the way to go, and you know, or at least you knew. Can't you recall? Oh, no one to get through. I don't know what to do. Okay. I have to last. Carissa now. We sure put on a show. Love is passe in this day and age. How can we expect it to grow? You as the night, me as the queen. All I got tonight, the static. On the screen, back to Susan. Come to your senses, suspense is fine. Okay, whoa. And you can, and you do, and you recall, and you can. Whoa, 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 this is all off. Oh, this. Yeah. Whoa, they added a fucking verse to it. Oh, they added to it. Yeah, this is. It's cool to be cold. Nothing lasts anymore. 
love the sums disposable is the shape of things we cannot ignore. Now we're back to this. Come to your senses, suspense is fine. Now if you're just an the image emanating out of the screen. Baby, well, you can feel it. You don't need a music box, Melody, to know what I mean. Back to Carissa. Deep in my eyes, what do you see? Deep in my sides, listen to me. Both now. Let the music commence from inside. Not only one sense, but use all five. Come to your senses, come to your senses, your senses, your senses, your senses, they become back alive. I cannot hold that, I can't hold that. Dang, dang. This is singers, bro. <laughs> Alexandria ship, you killed it. Vanessa Hudges, we know you can kill it. You do it a couple times before. Hey, shit, great job, girls. I can't hold that shit. There you go, you got the best out of me. Oh, man. Explosion of applause rings out, and John looks onto the front of the room. Carissa now bows. John smiles at the raucous response to the song. You cannot help but to feel a pang of something else. Something like regret. John Peace is staring at the phone, waiting for it to ring. Finally, it does. All right, this is a scene that I thought would win Andrew Garfield an Oscar. This is a fucking phenomenal scene. And it's so important for every writer if you are even an artist this scene is really fucking hits you so real jarring and it you need to listen to it all right john hello rosa sits at her desk on the call hi honey it's rosa intercut Throughout between them, John sighs in relief. Thank you so much for calling. Well, you already left me six messages. You heard anything yet? Honey, I've heard nothing but raves. I'm getting call after call. Their call. Wow, okay, that's great news. Everybody's telling me that same thing. That Jonathan Larson. I can't wait to see what he does next. What do you mean? What do I mean I do next? What about suburbia? It acts like they have discussed this already. I didn't predict the bidding war 15 hours ago. I always told you this was a tough sell. It's too arty for Broadway. Tourists aren't going to shell out $50 to see a show about spaceships and robots. Well, it's not about that. Well, of course, I know that, Jonathan. But these producers, they care about one thing and one thing only. What about Off-Broadway? It's too expensive for Off. Got a cast of thousands special effects. 
Puts her hand over her phone. Call sources. Tell them I'll be on in a second. Listen, sweetie. I've got to run. Congratulations on a terrific presentation. But what am I supposed to do now? There's a frowns. Confused about a question. Is it obvious? Start writing the next one. Once you finish that one, you start the next. And on and on. And that is what it is to be a writer, honey. Keep throwing them against the wall, hoping against hope that eventually something sticks. Listen, a little advice from someone that's been in this business a long time. Out the next one, maybe try writing about what you know. John looks around his tiny, dingy apartment, the world he knows. And Michael stands by his desk in a smallish office on the phone. I think let's give it a minute to see what happens next. John answers, I need a job. Oh, this is also another um Another scene where Andrew Garfield's fucking phenomenal. Like he was just great. I honestly thought he should have won Best Actor that year. That went to Will Smith. Nothing else about that night I'm going to bring up. Alright. I need a job. I'll apologize to the focus group lady. I'll never say anything bad about marketing research ever again. I swear to God. I'm going to call you right back. Hangs up the phone. I want to do what you do. I want to have what you have. I want the BMW. I want the doorman. I want all of it. What is going on? I spent eight years killing myself on a musical that is never going to happen. I found that... Very hard to believe. It was incredible this morning. Well, not incredible enough. Man. I can't do it again, Mike. I, I can't stomach five more years of waiting tables, five more years of writing things that no one will ever see while Broadway just churns out mega musicals without a hint of anything original or instinct or, God forbid, something to actually say about the world. Are you done? No, actually. The presentation was gone. It was amazing. It would be a tragedy to give up what you have. Please. I was a mediocre actor. Do you know how many mediocre actors there are in New York City? Do you know how many Jonathan Larson's there are in New York? One. I can't keep wasting my time, Mike. I turned 30 in two days. And? Even Sondheim was 27 when he had his first musical on Broadway. Guess what? Not Steven Sondheim. Gonna have to wait a little bit longer. John begins to spiral. I can't keep waiting. This is my life. I understand. You don't understand. I'm running out of time. You are not running out of time. You don't know anything about it. I'm HIV positive. Long. Terrible silence. What? How long have you? A few days. Who knows? I might get lucky. People do. They'll live a year longer even. Anyway. I think I might know a thing or two about running out of time. 
downstairs there, reeling, taking returns. Why don't you tell me sooner? Michael gives a look. John realizes with a sickened feeling. You tried. Michael's phone buzzes. The voice of his assistant. Joe Kramer, returning on line two. Please just throw. I have to take that. Michael. I can't talk about this now. Please. Also, the, Mike, the actor for Michael was great as well. Was he? Joshua Henry, right? No, no, that's not him. Uh, Robin Jesus. I believe he's in an actual, um, he's actually in Rent. He obviously was in, in those. Okay. He's sunny in, in the Heights. Maybe we'll read that. We'll get to that. John nods weakly. Michael gathers himself, picks up the phone. John turns and goes out the door. John stands in a crowded elevator surrounded by laughing, chit-chatting employees. The ticking grows louder and louder. John sits at the piano, silent, shocked, finally. I think of the day I met Michael. John stands there listening to the ticking. It was the first day of sleepaway camp 22 years ago. We were eight. Week of high school. All the shows we did, we did together. John begins to hear something else. Days earlier, Michael stands. Staring out the window, reeling. Holds the phone. Away from his ears, struggling to process the news he just heard. Things real life. This is not really a song, so I'm not gonna not gonna sing it. It's also a very emotional part. Turn out the mic. I think of the summer our families decided to stay in the same town of Cape Cod, a mile away from each other. Meet at the beach every night. We sit there talking until three in the morning about our plans how someday we move to the city together, find a cheap apartment and be discovered. Change the world. I stands in a phone booth, receiving his ear, listening to the answer machine, picks up the other end. Hey, you're Susan, Beth, Gordon, and Monique. And trudges down Fifth Avenue. Sky growing dark, darker. Day turning the night. Because the first summer back from college, we smoked a bowl in Kennedy Breakwater, and Michael told me he was gay. John's in the park now, walking faster, the ticking becoming unbearable. I think of our friends, so many. I think of the funerals. John sits in the hallway, two men, 20s, sat outside of the hospital room, one of them trying to comfort the other, who is weeping uncontrollably. Controllably. I think of the parents, not even 50, saying the condition is all over their children. And the condition is over, over their children. 
Donna walks faster and faster. I think of them and I think of Michael and before I understand what's happening, I start running. I break into a run. The park nearly empty now. Don reaches the great lawn, still at a run. Past the pond, past the carousel. The ticking grows faster and louder, relentless. Impalcable. Implacable. What the fuck is wrong with me? Implacable. As John runs through the vast... No, we are not listening to that right now. <laughs> the ticket grows faster, louder, relentless, implacable. As John runs through the vast, empty field, tears streaming down his face, Michael's singing constant now. The ticking is so loud. I can hear... I can't hear anything. My heartbeat is pounding in my throat. The wind is streaking through the trees. The sky is dark and I wanted to stop. I wanted all to stop. John suddenly sees something out the corner of his eyes. Stops. Singing stops. Eagles. Perch on a nearby hill. Suddenly watching him. He stands there. Looking at them. The birds take to the air in mass. Flying away, John follows the birds with his eyes to the Delacorte. An exquisite outdoor theater, a hundred yards away. John stands outside the theater. The ticking unabated. He peers in through the chain-linked fence, sees a rehearsal piano covered by a tarp begins to climb the fence John looks around he sees that he's alone he delicately pulls the tarp from the piano he sits at the bench puts his hands over the keys all at once the ticking stops the only thing he can hear is the sound of his own breathing he begins to play why Tentatively at first, passion and intensity building with the song. As John sings, we begin to intercut with flashes to the past he is remembering. <sighs> Very powerful scene as well. Again, another scene I thought you should have won an Oscar for. Absolutely beautiful. When I was nine. Michael and I entered a talent show down at the Y. 9 a.m. went to rehearse by some stairs. Mike couldn't sing just like me. I said, no one cares. We sang, yellow bird. Let's fly a kite over and over and over till we got it right and we emerge from IMCA three o'clock and the grass and I thought hey what a way to spend the day. Hey, 
What a way to spend the day. I make a vow right here and now. I'm gonna spend my time this way. I was 16. Michael and I got parts in white wet side at White Plains High. Three o'clock went to rehearse in the gym. My play Doc who didn't sing. Fine with him. We sang got a rocket in a pocket and the jets are gonna have the day. Tonight, over and over and over, till we got it right. When we emerged, wiped out by that play. Nine o'clock stars lit the way. I thought, hey. What a way to spend the day Hey, what a way to spend the day I make a vow I wonder now Am I cut out in my time this way? side of Soho and why none of them I write a lyric or two Mike says it's all now I'm at Avenue I sing come to your senses defenses are not the way to go over and over and over and over and over and over and over till I get it right when I emerge from B minor or A five o'clock diner calls I'm on the to spend the day I make a vow right here and now I'm gonna spend my time this way No, I can't hold that. I can't hold that note. I'm sorry. Let me know if my singing is absolutely atrocious. I apologize. But I had to get across how fucking great these songs are. Oh.
Michael. As John finishes, the skies open and begins to pour. Michael opens the door to find John standing there soaking wet. Whatever comes next, I'm here. I promise. This support group is called Friends Indeed. I just called them. They have a meeting tomorrow morning. Look like shit. I'm so cold. Come on. John steps forward, folding his arms around him. They stand there in the doorway, holding one another. Sunday night. My 30th birthday. John kneeling on the living room floor. Arranges dozens of pieces of paper. It's unclear exactly what they are. The phone rings. The outgoing message sounds. Speak. Alright, little known fact about this. They used the actual recording of Stephen Sondheim from John Jonathan Larson's voicemail. But it didn't sound it didn't sound right, it didn't sound good enough. They tried to recreate it. Sondheim said, fuck that. I'll just actually do it myself. I'll record a new one. And he did. He recorded a new one for this film. I was like, oh, that's so nice. That's so that's great. That's just beautiful. And this is the voicemail. John? Steve Sondheim here. Rosa gave me this number. I hope it's okay to call you. I didn't get a chance to speak with you after your reading. I just wanted to say it was really good. Congratulations. I'd love to get together and talk to you about it. If you have any interest, no pressure. John laughs as if might not have interest in that. Main thing though, that's first rate work and it has a future. So do you. I'll call you later with some thoughts if that's okay. Meanwhile, be proud. John turns to go. See that the paper's on the floor. There's some pages torn out from a small spiral notebook filled with questions. Fear or love? Why do we follow leaders that don't lead? A closed sign hangs on the door of the moon dance filled with dozen or so friends of John's. John huddles with Caroline. Caroline, Caroline. There's a small, very, very small part of me that was the teensiest happy. Here you're not leaving. Well, I'd have been sad not to see you every Sunday morning. I told Freddy, he's pissed off at your agent. How is he? He's going to be home soon. John looks at the locked door, locked front door. He sees Susan there. She offers a smile. He returns it. John unlocks the door and joins Susan outside. I don't know that you were. I wasn't sure whether I would want you would want me here. I'm happy you came. How was the reading? Anyone shakes his head. I'm sorry. He shrugs. What can you do? I wanted to be there. I just, I know. 
What are you going to do now? Go to the next one, I guess. I decided to take the job. Happy for you. Long beat. Before he can get emotional, she hands him a present. Happy birthday. Looks at it. The beautiful book of a manuscript paper he wanted to buy at the Strand days earlier. He smiles. For the next one. You have any ideas? Just questions. Seems like a really good place to start. Goodbye, Jonathan. Susan turns and goes. John stands there looking after her. As he, as he does, we hear her voice. Next one was Tick Tick Boom. After that, he went back to a project he started and put away called Rent. Ran on Broadway for 12 years. Changed the definition of what a musical could be. What it could sound like. The kind of story that I could tell. Jonathan never got to see it. The night of the show's final dress rehearsal. He died of a sudden aortic or aneurysm. He was 35 years old. Before the show, some last minute stragglers made their way into the theater. Follow the men and we linger on a flyer scotch taped in there. Tick, tick, boom. A rock monologue by Jonathan Larson. December 14th, 1992. One night only. Still had so many questions. Oh, here we go. John begins to play louder than words at the piano. Over the course of the song, we see his audience for the first time. Here we go. Big finale. Why do we play with fire? Why do we run our finger through the flame? Why do we leave our hand on the stove? Although we know we're in for some pain, oh, why do we refuse to hang a line? When the streets are dangerous Why does it take an accident Before the truth gets through to us Cages or wings Which do you prefer? Ask the birds Fear of love, baby, don't say the answer. Actions speak louder than words. Why should we try to be our best when we can just get by and still gain? Why do we nod our heads although we know? The boss is wrong as rain Why should we blaze a trail When the well-worn path Seems safe and so inviting 
as we travel can we see the dismay and keep from fighting cages or wings which do you prefer axe the birds fear love baby don't say the answer actions speak louder than louder than louder than. what does it take to wake up a generation how can you make someone take off and fly we don't wake up and shake up the nation we'll eat the dust of the world why do we stay with lovers who we know down deep this aren't right why would we rather put ourselves through hell then sleep alone at night why do we follow leaders who never lead why does it take catastrophe to start a revolution if we're so free tell me why someone tell me why so many people bleed cages or wings which do you prefer Axe the birds Fear love baby Don't say the answer Actions speak louder Than louder Than louder Than louder Than louder Than Cages always Which do you prefer Axe the birds Fear or love, baby, don't say the answer. Actions speak louder. They speak louder. Actions speak louder. Let's go out. John stands in the center of the room as Michael comes, bearing a beautiful birthday cake. Donna stands. Her VHS come. Camcorder pointed at John. John plays a very simple one-handed rendition of Happy Birthday on the piano. Michael and the cake are right before John's eyes. John finishes the, the melody on the piano, but amidst the last note, leaving the freeze unresolved. Mm. Silence. Michael smiles at John throughout the flickering. Of birthday candles. Make a wish. John considers for a moment. He inhales as we smash the black. The end. Guys, what a trip. We've done it. We've got through tick, tick, boom. You've got through my terrible singing. You got through all that. It was a beautiful film, beautiful writing. I actually really enjoyed it. Like I said, I didn't really enjoy the first time. Then I started thinking about it, started paying attention to it, the layers of it. Like, 
I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm loving this. I love it more and more. Tell. Big fan of this movie. I absolutely love it. It is probably my third favorite film of 2021. I haven't, I haven't touched it <laughs> six months ago. I think six months ago is when I watched Coda, so I put that up there. <laughs> or I took something out. Yeah. Coda's my number one. Last Night in Soul probably my number two. Then Tick, Tick, Boom. Inside. Close second. Close close tie with Tick, Tick, Boom. Then Free Guy and then all the rest of the same. But yes, thank you for watching. Thank you for hanging out. This has been Tick, Tick, Boom. I don't believe that it was nominated for anything. I mean, not nominated. Well, it was nominated. Um, of course, Andrew Garfield. Nominated for Take It Boom. His performance in an act in an acting role. Leading acting role. Let me see. Nominated. Just for acting and um for lead actor and film editing. And it was nominated for Oscar's fan favorite. I believe I voted for it. And I believe it was absolute bullshit. It was stolen by goddamn Zack Snyder. God. Zack Snyder fans. I fucking hate them. I respect Zack Snyder. I hate his fans with fucking passion. I'm sorry. Anyway, that's that's another story for another time. Thank you for watching. Thank you for hanging out. This is a good one. Hope you guys enjoyed Tick Tick Boom hanging out with me, reading the script. Unfortunately, hearing me sing. Let me know if you guys have seen the movie. If you if you think I should never sing again. <laughs> if you guys want any more of Rescribed, these will be up on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and other places as well. And will be uploaded to YouTube so you can watch these. In their entirety, you can find a playlist and all that. It's been a really good one, and I'm glad that you guys can join me along for the ride. For now, I'm going to head out. And I'll see you guys when I see you. Peace! I wanna be a legend, rap one, remember what I said then? Cause now we rockin', now we rollin'.